Richard Allen's attorneys come out swinging. A sixth person lived in the house of the Idaho quadruple slain. A man wishes his mom had pushed him a little bit more to be a man. That was the reason behind why he slayed her. And then finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, my name is Scott Reich and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. Before we get to the docket, you know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't, like if you do, leave me a comment below and hit that little bell so that you receive notifications of when we go live or put up new content. And you can always listen to us anytime on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Just simply search Crime Talk with Scott Reich. All right, before we can get to the docket as well, we need to support the people that support Crime Talk. And today it's crimetalksearch.com. Go to that link. That is where you can sign up for a background subscription service where you can do an unlimited number of background searches anytime you want while you have the subscription. And remember, you can cancel the subscription anytime. And when you do that search, literally while you wait, a search is conducted. The report is then emailed to you and it's gonna have information regarding the person you're searching. What information pops up? Do they own property? Are they divorced? Are they married? Is there something on their criminal history? Maybe if there's you know, information about whether they have to put themselves in one of those public registries, you know what I'm talking about? That's right you need to find out. And we've said it before, it is dating malpractice to go on a date with someone you met on the internet without checking them out. You gotta do more than just Google somebody. So go to crimetalksearch.com, you'll be happy you did. All right, let's go ahead and open the docket for December 2nd, 2022. The attorneys for Richard Allen, the man accused of murdering Abby Williams and Libby German back in Delphi, Indiana on February 14th of 2017, have fired back against the evidence presented by investigators. That's right. I think they may have been watching Crime Talk. So attorneys Brad Rossi and Andrew Baldwin stated that they argued on behalf of unsealing the court documents because Rick, their client, has nothing to hide and that they hope that releasing the information would lead to tips that assist them improving his innocence. Now, they said Rick is a 50-year-old man who has never been arrested nor accused of any crime in his entire life. Allen's lawyer said he is innocent and completely confused as to why he's been charged with these crimes. His attorneys continued said they chose to speak out after stating that both police and the prosecutors have been able to conduct multiple press conferences over the past five plus years, while Mr. Allen has only had a single post press conference in which to assert his innocence. Attorneys went on to question the evidence in the court documents and asked if a single magic bullet is proof of guilt. It is a bit premature to engage in any detailed discussions regarding the veracity of this evidence until more discovery is received, but it is safe to say that the discipline of toolmark identifications is anything but scientific. The entire discipline has been attacked in courtrooms across this country as unreliable and lacking any scientific validity, and that they anticipate they are going to vigorously challenge any claims by the prosecution as to the reliability of its conclusion concerning the magic bullet. Like I said, they must have been watching our live program that we did the other night in regards to ballistics. It 
It's junk, ladies and gentlemen. It's junk science. It really is. Allen's attorneys further pointed out that the Allen's Ford Focus is not in any way similar to the distinctive look of the PT Cruiser or a smart car that witnesses described. Huh. They must have been watching this show on Wednesday, I believe, when we discussed the exact same thing. It seems that the um, state police are trying to uh, bend facts to fit their narrative. The attorneys went on to detail Mr. Allen's character by stating that in the five years since Allen provided police with information, he never got rid of his vehicle, his guns, or threw things out regarding his clothing, nor did he alter his appearance or relocate to another community. My goodness, I'm absolutely convinced they've been watching Crime Talk. These are all the things that we discussed the other day. He did what any innocent man would do and continued his normal routine, his attorneys argue. According to his lawyers, um, Mr. Allen shared information with the police and conservation officers voluntarily, and he didn't hear from police for another five years. The lawyers also point out that uh, police contacted Mr. Allen two weeks before a contested sheriff's election and within days of a lawsuit being filed where the Carroll County deputy claims he was demoted over suggestions offered for the Delphi murder investigation. Allen's lawyers also questioned the Carroll County prosecutor's previous allegations of others being involved in the slaying of the Delphi girls, stating that there was no mention in the probable cause affidavit about the second suspect involved in the killing. The defense is confused by such discrepancies in the investigation and will be in a better position to respond as more discovery is received. Allen's lawyers finally say that their intent moving forward is to scrutinize the discovery, give attention to the tips their team is receiving, and offer this information to the public as long as the gag order isn't put into place preventing them from doing so. Carroll County Sheriff Toby Lesenby issued the following statement in response to Mr. Allen's attorney's uh, press release, said, quote, I feel a court of law is the proper and impartial setting for this matter to be vetted and not within the domain of the speculation or assumption of a public or social media arena. Patience and time must be afforded to the system, granting all aspects of the case to be brought to life. Hmm. We'll just have to wait and see. Well, there's a book out there that the lawyers for Mr. Allen are probably going to want to take a look at. They're making a case in the book called Forest for the Trees, and it basically outlines why, that's right, there's an alternate suspect. And what evidence do they have? Well, they give a lot of information as to the location of Ron Logan's property, and they also give some photo comparison for the people to take a look at. Take a look at these photos. One on the left is the mystery man on the bridge. Is that Mr. Allen or is that Ron Logan? I don't know. We're going to check it out. Not convinced one way or the other just yet, but uh, I'm sure the uh, defense is going to be looking into this for Mr. Allen as well. And uh, we'll try to get the author of this particular book on uh, to talk about it. And um, we'll ask him, well, any tough questions to see what he has uh, since he's accusing uh, Mr. Logan of responsibility for these crimes. So let's um, hopefully have him on uh, in the coming week or so. Next, let's talk Idaho. A mystery six person lived 
at the home where four University of Idaho students were killed on November 13th. Now, although police in the small college town of Moscow, Idaho, say that they were not home when the murder took place. Now, the development came as family and friends were gathering to honor and remember Kaylee Goncalves, Maddie Mogan, Zaina Kernodal, and Etha Chapin, who were obviously all stabbed to death at the off-campus house. Now, no suspects have been publicly identified, and the murder weapon has not been recovered. Now, the sixth person was on the lease of the home, so it's unclear if they actually live there. The Moscow Police Department didn't identify that particular individual. Now, earlier, police had said that only five people lived in the home, Goncalves, Mogan, and Carnotal, and uh, as well as uh, Dylan Mortensen and Bethany Funk. Uh, who were not harmed in the attack and are not considered suspects in any way. The Moscow police said that the Idaho State Forensic Police Lab uh, scientists are working on the case and uh, the results of their test will be provided uh, hopefully soon. The police also said that they're sticking to the theory that the uh, home was a targeted attack, but they do not know if the house or the persons inside were the ultimate targets. Now, the Leita County Prosecution Office caused a little confusion earlier this week when their office released a statement which appeared to walk back the theory that the killings were targeted. Idaho police have been criticized for some uh, contradictions and a uh, poor communication effort uh, in uh, this particular matter. And uh, they've also been criticized as it relates to why there is no suspect at this particular time. Why is nobody being arrested. And so as time goes on, people are starting to grow more upset. And a lot of people are starting to comment, if the killer was apparently so sloppy at this particular crime scene, why haven't they found him yet? Why is it taking so long to make the arrest for the killer? Um, they could have potentially fled, uh, not only out of state, but abroad, uh, given the amount of time that has passed. And um, everybody knows, well, maybe not everybody, but it's, it's common that uh, investigations that if the police don't have a lead, a suspect, or some sort of arrest, usually within the first 48 hours, their chances of solving that case are nearly cut in half. Well, the neighbor of the four University of Idaho students um, has stated that he went to the police station and offered to submit DNA evidence after becoming a target of some online speculation. We talked about this the other day. Now, this guy, Jeremy Reagan, he has been on the news. It's kind of like they talked to him because his house is near the house where the four college students were slain. And suddenly he was being accused that he may have had something to do with it. And he's absolutely stated repeatedly that he's had nothing to do with it. So Thursday, he went to the police station to submit his DNA. He said he went in there. No one ever contacted him. He said it'd just be easier for them if, if he was proactive and said, let's get this over with sooner rather than later. Take a mouth swab. And uh, he, he did that, and they left. Uh, then he left the police station. Now, I said, Reagan, he's a law student, a third-year law student. So he's getting ready to graduate, and he's going to, uh, you know, become a lawyer. Now, some people said, well, wasn't Ted Bundy also studying to be a lawyer? Okay, you got to have proof to back that up. Otherwise, it's just slander. So, like I said, Mr. Reagan's been the subject of uh, a lot of speculation, and he's appeared on at least three different interviews with separate news stations. Now, in an earlier interview with Fox News, Mr. Reagan said that he went to bed early that night, and then a couple hours later, 
we got a message that there was a bunch of police here. And uh, that was the end of the normalcy for the past week or so. Uh, Reagan was presented with the suspicions of internet sleuths, uh, saying that he may have had something to do with it. And he said, I had nothing to do with it. He said that at the time he's got nothing to hide. He's willing to give his DNA, fingerprints, whatever the police need. And he has done that. Uh, questioned about speculation um, around him. Reagan said that uh, he thinks submitting his DNA will help with most of those rumors online, but he definitely says there'll be some that uh, just won't believe a single thing anybody says. Weird case. I hope the police find somebody, seriously, but I think we, you know, at a certain point, this is going to go to a cold case status unless something is developed here rather quickly. Next on the docket, Florida man gives a bizarre reason as to why he admitted slaying his mother repeatedly by stabbing her. That's right. Matthew Sisley, kid's only 21, told the detective that his mother never pushed him to be the man when asked why he murdered her. That's right. So the murder took place on November 29th, about 4.13 p.m., when deputies to Osceola County got a report of a possible stabbing in the town of Kissimmee. According to Sheriff Marco Lopez, deputies responded to the home on Myrtle Oak Lane and Oak Hill Trail. The police said they found an unidentified woman deceased on the living room floor and another with severe lacerations to her hands. Sisley, when found a short distance away from the stabbing with blood on his hands, he confessed to both intentionally stabbing his mother and accidentally stabbing his sister. Shortly after he was interviewed by detectives about the killing, he agreed to talk with them. And when asked, um, do you think your mom deserved to get stabbed? His response was, Yes. When the officers asked why, he said, because she never pushed me to be a man. Now, he did not elaborate as to what that meant or why that led him to killing his mother. The detective then asked him if he regretted what he had done, and he said, no, I would do it again. Just goes to show you, ladies and gentlemen, um, push those kids, got to set those expectations high. They rise to the level of their expectations set those standards high. Who knows? Could save your life someday. Remember, you're their parent, not their best friend. All right. And finally, our dumb criminal of the day. Uh, this guy, that's right, picked the wrong time to go steal from Walmart. Uh, sheriffs said that the uh, young man attempted to steal from a Walmart during a, guess what? A shop with the cops event. The sheriff's office said in the Facebook post, bad news, Brad. The store was full of deputies, almost 40, besides the forensic team, the community services team, the CSOs, the OCSO majors, and the sheriff, Marco Lopez himself. Deputies just snapped a few photos from the arrest. Brad, you know who you are. They didn't provide your last name, but he can, he can be seen here in handcuffs as well. Um, also in the photos were gloves, bolt cutters, and small baggies with uh, an unknown white powdery substance inside. Huh. I wonder what that could have been. Brad. Anyway, Brad, you're a dumb criminal of the day. I mean, that's like trying to rob a gun store or something, right? You're an idiot, Brad. All right. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't touch other people's things. Don't steal. All right. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next time on Crime Talk. <laughs>